Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is Jamie D and Big Newt coming at you once again as we do every week talking all things Buffalo Bills. And this week, it's the end of the line for the 2022 season. And the the Bills went out with a bit of a swan song that was a little bit on the ugly side. Big Newt, you're back with us. Thank you very much for being here. You are the emotional support animal that I need right now, buddy. <laughs> what are you thanking me for being here for? This is my job. I get paid to be here. I don't want to be here. Yeah, I get it, but I appreciate it because misery enjoys company and we have to talk about this. I know. I'm just messing around, man. Um, I know. It, it's, it's frustrating. And I have to give a shout out to you, man. I called you. We've been texting. You you called it, man. Everything you said last week on the pod was true. <laughs> I know people probably vilify you like, oh, you're not a real Bills fan. You you called it, bro. It went down just like you, just like you called it, man. You're Instead of Nostradamus, you're Jamie Jamis. I mean, you... <laughs> You Jamie called Jamis? it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you called it, bro. And uh at this point, man, we're just laugh we're just laughing to keep from crying, man. And it's just well, what we saw what we saw this weekend, it I mean, it doesn't feel like last year where no. last year when you felt like, hey, I got promise. I feel like I definitely feel we're gonna get into this today, but I definitely feel like it was a, a step back. And today, the things that we're going to talk about is the game itself. We're going to talk about what led up to it and how we should, and I mean, I'm not going to tell anybody how they should feel because everybody processes things differently, but uh, a little bit of perspective on things is something that we're going to discuss. Uh, But the first thing I want to do is I want to ask you something that you brought up. I predicted that Cincinnati was going to come out on top. Yes. Does it make me less of a Bills fan if I look at a game and I objectively think that the other team is going to pull it out? Not at all. Not to me. Okay. Not to me. Because I, I mean, but every, I mean, I'm sure people listen to us and they probably feel that way. And we talk about different levels of fandom all the time. Um, I like the real, man. And so, but everybody ain't like that. So, That's no, true. and we talk about this all the time. I mean, I like the real. Give it to me raw. I mean, and we're going to talk about the Stefan Diggs thing. I love that shit. Excuse my language, but I'm cussing today because it's the end of the season. But, yeah, <laughs> I love that shit, bro, and we'll talk about that. But, yeah, I, I like the real. And you, and you kicked it to me real. That's why me and you boys. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes people want you to cater to them. Don't tell them the real, you know, it's okay. Like, you, you get on me hate. When we went to the Cleveland game on that road trip, he was like, bro, you need to get that snoring. You need to get that snoring checked out, bro. You died. You almost died like 10 times. Oh, dude, you died and came back to life like 20 times when we shared that room. (laughs) And then the big newt comes out of the bathroom butt-ass naked. And that that was an experience. I, I wish all the listeners could get to experience that. And so what did I do? I text you. I went to Georgetown Medical, got me a sleep app machine, did the sleep study, and hey, now I got a sleep app. And you might have saved my life, man. I might have died in my sleep two oh. years ago or some stuff, you know? So <laughs> anyway, we're going to say, I'm sorry. But yeah, I mean, I like it real and everybody don't. So I love what you said, man, because I mean, you were right. And that ain't hate because people think it's hating. It ain't hating. You're not no, hating. not You're at just all. Kicking it how you see it, and to tell you the truth, I should have seen it too. 
but I was probably more hopeful, more optimistic, and uh, right or wrong or different. I mean, I thought that, man, you know, because I, I believe I'm a I'm a faith-based man. I believe things happen for a reason. When that stuff will happen with DeMar Hamlin, you know, I'm thinking, oh, man, this is going to be our year now. You know, I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I tell, tell you the truth and everything. I, I felt like once that happened, I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to the Super Bowl. Even though I knew we had these deficiencies that we've been talking about. So that's the that's the bright spot of uh, the season be over. Now we can really talk about it and move on, and we need to. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? Because when we're winning, when we're 13-3, nobody wants to hear it. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. <laughs> so now we can talk about the real, all the stuff we've been saying. Fix the old line, okay? Mm-hmm. We didn't. Cincinnati did it. You know, we need to. Hey, I'm not saying people need to be fired, but I tell you, if Dorsey leaves for the Carolina job, I won't be mad. I'll drive up and help him pack. <laughs> better. Go get somebody better. Go to Dubai or Thailand or wherever the hell uh, uh, Cliff Kingsbury is. Go get him. We need somebody better. And once again, I'm not blaming Dorsey. I'm not blaming him, but get better. Because if we don't let last year, like I said, about the Kansas City Chiefs game, I feel like, man, hey, one more quarter, one more drive, we would have won that. I don't feel that way now. So so if you decide you're going to stand pat, I'm not going to go into the next season optimistic. Let, let's discuss that because I, I would like to discuss the difference between last offseason and this offseason. And to me, the big difference was, number one, I was in shell shock a- after that Chiefs game. I could not believe the, that the Bills lost. I was so emotional about it. It was mm-hmm. like something bad happened to me personally to lose that game. Like I was going through like the five stages of grief and everything else. But I was like, you know what? The best team in the NFL found a way to lose. And if, when they run it back out next year, they're going to be a handful for everybody. This year, I feel incredibly different. They got run. They got dog walked. Yes. That score was not indicative of how lopsided that game was against against the Bengals. The Bengals literally dominated every single facet of that game from the opening kickoff yes. to the closing gun. It wasn't even close. Like toward the end of the game, I lost interest. I was like they're not going to pull it out. They're just embarrassing themselves out there and I am far more at peace with it because I don't feel like the Bills robbed themselves of I don't feel like the Bills robbed themselves of an opportunity to win the Super Bowl this year because in looking at them, objectively, that team is not good enough to win the Super Bowl. And I didn't think that they were for a number of weeks now. And I can understand that. And the most difficult part of it and what and we always talk about this man falls on the feet of Josh Allen, right? Josh Allen ain't been looking good, bro. And so now I'm scared. Once again, it goes back to what we said earlier about making changes. Brian Dable up there in New York making making your boy look like he's all pro. So now is it that the further you get away from Brian Dable, now we're getting up what Josh Allen really needs. I mean, really is. That scares the hell out of me because I've seen it with Baker Mayfield, right? The further he got away from um, – your boy from the USC, 
uh, Lincoln Riley. The further he got away from Lincoln Riley, the worse he got. And I'm scared that that's going to happen to Josh Allen. This is a real thing. But once again, you can sit there and be like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, bro. Okay. I've seen it, bro. I've seen it. We need to go out there and get the best quarterback whisperer we can. And and it begins and ends with him. Josh Allen was one of the league leaders in interceptions, bro. This game, he came out and don't grant it. The offensive line didn't do him no help. Once again, being fixed the line like we've been saying. But we need to give him as much help as possible, and that includes coaching. He he was he had a decent year this year, but it was far from what he was last year. So that's part of it. Interesting you bring that up because the only area statistically where he took a major step back was interceptions thrown. Everything else he was pretty even. But I've got a message to you and everyone. I know it hurts. I know it sucks. But everybody needs to pump the brakes a little bit. We don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater here. This is the same reaction people would have when the 90s teams would lose Super Bowls. They needed to trade Jim Kelly. They needed to start Frank Reich. They needed to fire Marv Levy. They needed to let Bruce Smith go as a free agent. Uh, You know, they need... And the reality of it is you need to make changes, yes. But we all need to pump the brakes because if we treated this like a fantasy team, there would be no continuity from one year to the next. And let's keep in mind, this team went 14-4. and That's a great record. This team had catastrophic injuries to all pros. Trey White wasn't himself all year when, when he finally came back. Jordan Poyer was beat up all year, all pro. Trey White, all pro. Micah Hyde, lost in week two, all pro. Von Miller, lost, all pro. Okay, this defense would have been utterly dominant with those players in there. The offense, it was neglected in ways that it shouldn't have been. The We knew that the offensive line didn't have enough depth and players didn't take a step forward. Roger Saffold took a major step backwards. We didn't see that coming. The receivers did not develop the way we expected them to. We expected that Gabe Davis would be a bona fide number two receiver. At the end of last season, was there any doubt in your mind that Gabe Davis was a bona fide number two? No, not at all. No. Everybody saw it the same way. And then he didn't take that step forward. Everybody thought Isaiah McKenzie was ready to be a number three. He wasn't. But did you think at the end of last year that McKenzie was ready? I sure did. Yeah. 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 So those guys didn't develop the way they expected. Ken Dorsey, it was his first year as an offensive coordinator. No first-year offensive coordinator has ever won the Super Bowl. You know why? They need to learn on the job. And they need to work out some of the kinks. This is not a result that is unheard of given what the Bills dealt with. You add on top of that the snowstorm, Damar Hamlin, the shooting. There was a lot happening, and people are are discounting that. And I want to point to a quote 
that Roger Saffold had. Okay. He said, it was emotionally draining. I kind of feel like we were tired. Guys were exhausted during the week, and our coaches did the best they could at trying to modify the week to get us back to stuff. This team has been fighting for so long and fighting through all this adversity. You almost run out of gas at some point. And here's the other side. They're also human. They dealt with so much. Did they just hit the wall? That was so eloquently said. Bravo to you. Well, thank you. It was a little long-winded. No, 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 because I I feel that. I feel that, what you're saying. We dealt with a lot this year, okay? But I guess I'm going back to this time last year. What are we going to do? You got two choices, all right? And this is where it comes where, hey, you you guys shut up. You all don't know. They're getting paid to make the decision. You're right. You're right. You got two choices. Do you stand pat, okay, or do you make changes, all right? Because what you're saying is true, but on the flip side of that is we have a lot of free agents. We might lose good players. We might lose Jermaine Edmonds. We might lose Jordan Poirier, right? So this is not going to be the same team. No. Right? But do you stand pat, all right? Now, the data bears out that, hey, it works out both ways, all right? I remember a few years ago, and once again, I know you're not big on college, but a few years ago, people were calling for uh, Jim Harbaugh's head at Michigan, Mm -hmm. and they made the playoffs. They won the Big Ten, beat Ohio State, and uh, went to the playoffs, all right? But three years ago, people wanted his head, all right? He didn't get it done the year six or seven. So should we be patient, all right? But then on the other side, um, Georgia, they had uh, Mark Rick as head coach. He always went 10-2. Yeah. They fired Mark Rick to hire Kirby Kirby Smart, my boy. Kirby was down in Florida State. We used to play basketball at noontime, was in classes together. Now that dude got back-to-back national championships. So do you fire somebody? You could be good, and this might not. this might be as far as we could go. All right, and you hire somebody better, you're taking a chance. Andy Reid went to four or five consecutive NFC championship games and got fired. Yeah. With the Eagles. Yeah. So this is out of our pay grade, and it works both ways. Should we be patient, or should you swing for the fences? We know that the Pagulas is not going to fire McDermott. No chance. And I don't think they should. He's a great leader, uh, but he does have deficiencies. He does, and he, he does. gets outcoached in the playoffs. <laughs> he gets out. I mean, hopefully we can all agree on that. So, do the Pagulas look at, hey, maybe we could do better? Because what if what if the Pagulas, let's just, now we're just throwing things out there because that's what we do. We, you know, we talk things out. We're both educated people. What if we was to fire him and go get Sean Payton? What would be the real upside of that? You don't think Sean Payton is a better coach than Sean McDermott? I think he probably is, but is he worth giving up a first-round pick? Is it that much of a difference that you would would sacrifice that plus Sean Payton is looking for like a $20 million contract? Now, it doesn't count against your salary cap, so that part doesn't matter, but is it worth... 
is it worth disrupting your continuity? Sometimes you might have to disrupt it. Well, that's true. And I'm and I'm not saying that we're at that point. I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm just throwing it out there because we're brainstorming. How can we get better? And I hope that they're having these conversations. Because oh, sure. One, they thing, are. one thing I don't want to stay at Pat. Because because you look at the league, and they, they've been talking about this ad nauseum the last couple of days. All the all the teams that played this weekend had offensively minded uh uh head coaches except for ours. Right. Is that the way the league is trending? Because Clearly. you have to go, you have to go with the way the league's trending. All right. If we have somebody doing something different and it ain't working, then that looks like as a problem. Just like with everybody with the passing, you still want to run the wishbone and run the football. That's not going to work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So do you go with the trend and get an offensively minded person? Because I'm going to tell you, Joe Burrow tore our ass apart. Sure did. <laughs> All right. So we got a defensive minded coordinator, uh, Leslie Frey. Everybody been calling for his head now. Um, and Charlotte, they tore our ass apart. So we need somebody who we can put the points up on. I mean, I, I definitely think that. And now, is a coach worth a first round pick? Yeah, you're right. That's a steep price. But our first round pick is like, what? They said it was going to be 28 now or 26, 28. Somewhere around there. Yeah, so it ain't like we're really giving up a, you know, it ain't like we're giving up a top 10 pick. So I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there, man. I'm just, you know. Um, but, yeah, I just think we need to make a change, like, because it's not, because look at the Jets, bro. Look at Miami. If we stay at Pat, you're rolling the dice that those people don't pass us. Today, it just came out that uh, Bill O'Brien, is going to be the OC at, uh, with the Patriots. So how do we know that he ain't going to get Mac Jones right? Well, I mean, everyone <laughs> is moving forward. Yeah. For, for sure, every team is is moving forward. Uh, but... We have okay. to admit right now that Kansas City and Cincinnati are... Tier one, and we're probably tier two now because of this. I don't think that that's a hot take. No, I don't think that is a hot take. I I think that this Buffalo Bills team showed what they could be in week one and two this season. And a friend of mine said, my friend Leslie, she's a wonderful person. I hope you meet her sometime. She said, this team is the effing Super Bowl champions. And I said... Absolutely, but they may be peaking at the wrong time. It's mm-hmm. all about who peaks at the right time. And the Bengals, they always or they've been peaking in late in the season. And that's it's true. I, I mean, it's what happened. The injuries mounted. The Bills had way too much to overcome on the injury front. But the other thing was, after the book got out on Ken Dorsey's offense, teams figured out how to slow the offense down, and the Bills clearly couldn't couldn't overcome that. Ken Dorsey specifically couldn't overcome that. But clearly it's a good team when they're functioning on all cylinders, right? Yeah. Yeah. But like you said, we might have peaked at the wrong time. Yeah. You know, and and some of that, and some of, like you said, injuries has a lot to do with it. And once again, if you decide to run it back, well, you're not going to run it back because I don't think, Honestly, do you think – we're going to talk about this more during the offseason, but 
Do you think we're going to get Poyer and Edmonds back? No, not a chance. Poyer is done in right. a Bills uniform. Right. Okay. And Edmonds is a, is a good chance he leaves. Singletary is a good chance he walks. So this is going to be a different team. It is so going it to be a really different team. Running back, you're not really running it back. You know. So what are we going to improve? Once again, my thing is. We need to go offense in the draft. We've been concentrating so much on defense, and we need to address the offense, fix the offensive line, do what Cincinnati did. They fixed their offensive line in a year, and we got dominated by three freaking backups. There's no way I would have called that. No way I would have thought that. I thought our D-line was going to eat, and we got buried on both sides of the line. Our offensive line against their their defensive line, I didn't know nobody on their defensive line. And it, it, when I knew the game was over, it was I think it was like second quarter. It was a third and long. They rushed three people and still got to Josh Allen. Yeah. Still got to Josh Allen with three people. We were bringing blitzes, and we couldn't even, we were bringing people, and we couldn't get to uh, Joe Burrow. And they had three out of five backups. Yeah. They fixed their old line in a year. And I've been preaching this. That's one thing I can say. That's one thing I do know. You could fix your offensive line in a year. The Chiefs did it a couple of years ago. Yes. So I don't want to hear I don't want to hear Brandon Bean get up there and I'm telling you, I'm gonna call it out and y'all gonna tweet at me, oh, you don't know what you know about. Let him he makes more money than you. You don't know. Blah, 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 blah. I'm telling you, he's gonna be like, Oh, I take the best player available. That's bull crap. We're not in a position at this point to take the best player available. You have to address needs. Mm-hmm. You have to address needs. We need to fix the offensive line. We need a, a, a bona fide number two receiver. These are easy little things you could fix. But if you go run, because I saw I saw uh, NFL Network, Bucky Books or somebody said, we're going to take the running back out of uh, Texas. And I'm like, dude, I promise you, I'm going to throw this microphone through my television, my 70-inch yeah. television, if we take a running back. We don't need Fair. a running back. We're we're not in a place Hello? to where you could do luxury things. Kansas City is. I agree that changes need to be made. You have to make changes because of the number of people that are going to be free agents, and they're in salary cap hell coming up this next season. They're already six point four million over the cap, so inevitably you have to start redoing deals and cutting players. This may be a very difficult offseason. Well, it, but going back to my point I was making, we're not in a place to make luxury picks in the draft. We have to address needs. Kansas City could do that, okay? Philadelphia could do that, all right? Uh, San Fran might be able to do that. We need to get, continue to get better. So that comes with addressing needs. Mm-hmm. Like I said previously, I don't know if y'all heard me, we need to address the O-line, which can be fixed. Kansas City did it in one offseason. Cincinnati just did it this past offseason. We yeah. can fix the O-line. We have to get better on the offensive line. Saffold, let him walk. Oh, Deion yeah, Dawkins, Deion Dawkins can't be our best O-line. He was getting worked this weekend. Worked. Yes, and Spencer Brown Is probably played enough. himself out, of a, out yeah. of a job. Yeah, and he's not good enough. So we need to address those issues. We're not – oh, we, and we needed a bona fide number two receiver because right. uh, uh, Gabe Davis did not take the step. Gabe Davis caught 52% of his targets on the season. Not good enough. No. No. 
So we have to make improvements. I mean, and like you said, this is Brandon Bean's gonna get he gonna earn his paycheck this offseason. Cause we got a lot of free agents. Um I you see that we signed uh uh Matt Barkley and other practice squad players yesterday. So okay. But yeah, we need to find out figure out a way and manipulate the cap how and draft well. And that has been an underrated problem. The Bills have not drafted a single pro bowler in the past four years, and I struggle to see any real impact out of the out of the last four drafts. That's fair. It's it's a Brandon Bean problem, and I wonder if part of it has to do with the fact that Dan Morgan left for the Panthers. Yeah. He left a couple of years ago, and really since the draft where the Bills came up with with Allen, Edmonds, and Dawkins, and Milano, I'm not seeing where they really put uh, where they've really put too many great players on the field. And you can't say it's just because they're picking late in the rounds because there's good players that come out of every round of the draft. Right. So you pick at the end of the third round. That means you should select the player that ends up being great in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, man. So I'm really going to be curious to see how we do this this offseason, man. But um, I'm not mad. I'm really not mad. Like I said, I, if we would have lost to Miami last week, I would have been mad. All right? I'm just more disappointed. All right? And once and once again, we went through a lot. Um, I think Sean McDermott is a great leader. I just think we need to tweak some things. Even if it's the medical staff, we had a lot of injuries, dude. So we got to clean clean our house up a little bit. And I think that's opportunity. I'm excited, but to stand pat, I would not be. If we stand pat and it feels like that, then I would not be optimistic because I think other people are going to get better. The Jets are going to get better, bro. If they if the Jets get a QB, then people are going to be picked like. See, one thing, everybody picked us to win the Super Bowl last year because of that last game. Now, right. they're not going to be picking. Everybody going to be picking us to take a step back. So, mm-hmm. y'all might as well get ready for it. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to be playing a, a difficult schedule, all right, and other people are going to get better. So, if we don't show people that we're getting better, then they're not going to be talking like us about us like they did this past offseason. That's true. It ain't going to be all warm and fuzzy, so – I, I mean, once again, there's things that we could do to 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 improve and stuff. I, I, once again, I look at it as an opportunity. But if we stand pat, man, I don't I don't know, bro. Well, again, they they can't they they can't stand pat because there are places where the team needs to improve and they need to do more than just say bring in a, a third round draft pick like they did with uh, with the running back position and James Cook Cook. Looks like the starter at this point, but you know, it's there's change every year. The, every year there's there's change to rosters. It's inevitable with this roster, with the salary cap situation that they're in. At the same time, I want to advise people to pump the brakes a little bit. You do not need a roster overhaul. You need, you need to improve in some places. Ken Dorsey needs to be better. In big games, McDermott and Leslie Frazier need to be better. They have sank a lot of assets into the defensive line 
Those guys are clearly not going to pan out. Nope. Those guys are not going to be impact players. Rousseau is good, but, you know, Epinesa not getting it done. Ed Oliver, a good player, not a great player. There need to be changes there, but you need to have assets in order to make that happen. You need to either be able to trade players for draft picks or trade draft picks for players. The Bills don't have a lot available either way. So what do you do with the Boogie Bashams and the AJ Epinesas? They are middling players. They're just guys. They don't have trade value. You know, you you can't trade them for anything more than a sixth or seventh round pick. I mean, that's that's that. So, round pick, yeah. so you're not going to have any takers for them. You have to do it through the draft. I mean, that's really the only way you're going to improve this roster at this point. And this may be an offseason where the Bills have to take their medicine with the salary cap. We've seen them do it in the past. They may take a step backwards next year. But you can run them back out there as is without Jordan Poyer. And they're still going to be a playoff team because they have Josh Allen and they have Sean McDermott and they have Leslie Frazier and they have a whole bunch of good players on defense still. Yeah, we'll be a playoff team. But is that what we're talking now? We're talking playoffs versus Super Bowl? Because a year ago we were talking Super Bowl. A year ago we were talking Super Bowl and early this season we were talking Super Bowl. But I, I wasn't saying it on the podcast, but in my head... This was not a Super Bowl team, and I was convinced of that by about week 14. Yeah, you have, man. You've been saying it. You've been saying it, man. I ain't got you right. I, not not so much publicly, but... Right. Um, you know, You're there, right. There, there's a lot of negatives about Sean McDermott going around right now. I subscribe to Tyler Dunn's Go Long newsletter. And he has a he has an article that came out today called Sean McDermott Surrenders Again. This isn't anything new. The Bills lost in the postseason exactly as they have before. So what now? And I'm not reading it, but I did run into a paragraph where, well, basically just a, a sentence that says, this is a head coach paralyzed by fear. Interesting take. But there have been far worse head coaches to win a Super Bowl than Sean McDermott. They, I can see that, once again, because he's a defensive coach. And also, the way our defense is built is built bend but don't break. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I would say that. I think that's spot on. I think that's spot on. He, he He's a conservative. Yeah, he's a conservative coach. And that's what makes me wonder because Dorsey, one thing I can say is Josh Allen pushed the ball downfield, right? Last week he probably tried to push the ball downfield more than he should have. You're way too much. You know, um, sometimes you got to take the check down. And I know you're thinking, well, big dude, I remember when we had Trent Edwards, and that's all. He was captain check down. You want somebody to push the ball down? It's a balance. That's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a balance. You got to find a balance in it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so that makes me wonder, does he have a problem with Dorsey because they have two different philosophies? 
Well, I have a problem with Dorsey. And I think so, most people do. So much so you hope he gets the Carolina job and get out. I I like you, I wouldn't miss him, but I he's okay. He's not a terrible offensive coordinator. The Bills still had one of the top offenses in the NFL. Right. And the reason people think he's particularly bad is because they don't watch a lot of other games. Every offensive coordinator gets questioned. Brian Dable in his first year was absolutely demolished by fans thinking he was terrible. A lot of it has to do... A lot of it has to do with who's on the field and what they're doing with the opportunities. Mm-hmm. There are throws that look, there are plays that look brilliant if Gabe Davis catches the ball. There are, there are plays that look amazing if Josh Allen throws to the open target instead of forcing the ball downfield. You know? Mm-hmm. There's running plays that are successful if the running back picks the right hole to run through or sees the cutback lane. Right. You know, there, there's a lot that goes into it. And I'm not I'm not ready to bury Ken Dorsey, but he's on my list. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Would you would you rather Greg you know uh the Ravens released uh Greg Roman oh, I, this weekend. I, I don't want Greg Roman. Do you think that that spells the end of uh Lamar Jackson in Baltimore? Probably. I think so, too. I think so, too. You got, I think, I think a lot of his success came because of Greg Roman. And so if you get him in a traditional office, somebody who don't cater to build a team around his skill set, I don't know if he's going to flourish. I don't know. And, you know, there's an argument that Greg Roman held him back, too, because people have been saying that their passing offense is so outdated and basic that nobody could survive that offense. Yeah, I can see that. Man, we talk a lot about Lamar Jackson on this show. Have you noticed? Well, I've only brought I only we do, uh, because he's a former MVP, but I guess I just wanted to make the correlation with Greg Rose since he were was in Buffalo. Yeah. So I was just throwing names out there. But yeah, about the game, man. We just thoroughly domination. I, w- I never would have thought that. And once again, Sal Capaccio, shout out uh, to him. He was like the crowd was electric. When he did his arrow up, arrow downs, he said that was the arrow up because the crowd was in it the whole game, supported the team, as we know that they would. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was electric there. So they had all the fuel to just, like you said, man, I mean, I think the team maybe ran out of gas, you know. Maybe they didn't have any fighting. They just showed uh, – it showed from the kickoff. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, so I wouldn't expect that. Um, once again, eight penalties for 60 yards at home. That's almost unheard of. They Bengals had literally none. Um, that goes to prepare, uh, preparation and readiness and that falls at the coach's lap. So it does. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I could talk to Nazim about it. I hope we don't stay at Pat and make changes. So, well, I, um, I think they need to, and I think they know that they need to change some things, and they need to start hitting on draft picks too. You know, let's not uh, let's let's not miss out on that part. I it, agree. It, they they need to do better as an organization. I think. 
You know what really burns my butt, man? I want to know. Scrubs like Eli Apple tweeting and talking trash. I was wondering if you were going to bring that up. <laughs> he he going to say Cancun on three. And I also I'm just talk like, shit about the whole DeMar Hamlin situation. Are you kidding me, man? You're Eli Apple, bro. Like They are a cocky, unlikable bunch, but you know what? That's the kind of swag that wins games. Well, you know what? I I, I guess my thing is I could take trash talk from the good players. You know what I'm saying? Like Joe Burrow said, I guess y'all better give them refunds. I, hey, I, t- I don't know if I tweeted it out, but I text that to a bunch of my friends. Like, hey, he right. Yeah. It reminds me, once again, I always got to go back to uh, our, our JFL team, Jalen's team. We thought we were going to win the championship. Parents start ordering championship hats, bro. Oh, and then we got our teeth, t- uh, teeth kicked in in the championship. So now I always revert back to that. Like, dude, don't start selling tickets for the AFC championship. And that's, once again, I guess that's another reason why I thought we were going to win. I'm like, oh, man, they selling tickets already. We're good. We're there. By the way, that's <laughs> what they do every single year is they always sell the tickets in advance. Every team does it. The Bengals included were selling championship uh, tickets in case the championship game tickets in case the Jaguars won and they won. Every team does it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I just, I don't know. I guess I don't remember hearing about it like I'm hearing about it with us, but maybe I have my ears to it more because it's Buffalo. So, so people are overreacting in hilarious ways. Mm-hmm. And you know that Twitter is just a cesspool. And I, I say that all the damn time. But the one that really got me, mm-hmm. there's a dude that writes, the Bills played Bobby Hart in OT. 97 places an eligible receiver this season. I have no words. And then somebody's like, fire Dorsey. That's just ridiculous. That is the stupidest take I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Here's a person who like, here's the statistic. And it's like, tell me, you know, nothing about football without telling me, you know, nothing about football. Right. Mm hmm. And normally I just let that stuff go. And this time I had to write back and I was was like, hey, let me educate you here. That's what you call a tackle eligible play, which is what they use on their heavy sets and short yardage situation in which the Bills were very successful this year. He was an extra blocker when they used six offensive linemen. Bobby Hart was not running routes downfield right. as a receiver. Right. Exactly. You're going to pick the picture like he out there getting it. Oh, man. Like, get out of here with that soggy take. You know, when people get upset, man, they give their takes and all that stuff, conspiracy theories and everything. So, I don't know. I wanted to touch about DeMar Hamlin. Okay. Let's talk about that. You got me and a little so, worried now. No, don't. Okay. No. All right. So, DeMar Hamlin, we're happy that he came to the game um, and saw him in the suite and everything. I I thought it was peculiar that he didn't come on the field. Um, I thought it was peculiar that he was in the suite, but CBS didn't do an interview with him. And people have been talking about it yeah. on Twitter. And we're not going to discuss that. We could just 
you could go to Twitter and see what people are saying, just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did think that was weird that, that nobody interviewed him. I was like, we raised over $10 million for his foundation, all the thoughts and prayers. I'm just surprised that if he's been in the facility all week, talking to the team and everything, he comes to the game, that he didn't do an interview. And so I brought that up to many people yesterday. You and I talked about it yesterday. And I have to give props to the last person I talked to, my boy Bernard Kenzie. He's the little brother to Mary Vanover. He used to play for the Chiefs. Yeah. One of my good friends. He knows – and I'm only saying that not in the name. I'm just saying that he. I feel like he knows football. And he yeah. said, well, Newt, they probably did that because he might have an exclusive rights with uh, our exclusive deal who has the rights to his story. Like before he could oh. do an interview or anything like that. And I was like, you know what? That makes sense. That's the only thing I could think about of why he wouldn't go, he would be in public and not say anything to anybody. Mm-hmm. So maybe Good Morning America or 60 Minutes or something like that. And I was like, okay, Bernard, you know what? And this came in like 10 o'clock last night because, you know, you and I talked about it like at one o'clock. And I was like, I just can't understand why they really didn't show his face. And they didn't do no interview with him. Now I thought that was just weird, but he came up with a great idea. So I thought that maybe that's maybe that's true. The showing his face probably would have been easier if it wasn't for the snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was a lot of snow. <laughs> it was, it was. So, but we're glad that he uh, was able to come. It was good to see his mom and little brother, and yeah. and see him um, because a couple of weeks ago, man, it was you know a totally different sort. Uh, Story of situation, so yeah, uh, I am looking forward to hearing from him um, for sure. You know, and see how he's doing, how's it coming along. I, I just want more, especially now that the season's over. I would like more. Like, give me a bright spot, you know, right? Because it hasn't been a good, you know, week for me. You know, you, as you know, Simone broke her hand in a game Thursday. No, so Poor girl, she's been through she, so much this year. And she's at school now, obviously. I told her I want her to come to cast because <laughs> on Sunday, uh, the day of the game, she was like, come on, Buffalo. I sacrificed my hand for y'all. I need to win. <laughs> like she's giving tribute. Like she's giving tribute to the sports gods and stuff. I give you my hand. I got a bone going through my skin. I, that's how much I want to give it up for Buffalo. So I wish I could have got that on the mic, man. But yeah. So, but yeah. That poor girl. Yeah, she goes through a lot, bro. I don't know, man. We in the hospital more than we on in the gym now. I'm like, man, my baby, she a straight A student, man. I'm like, do we really need this? <laughs> <laughs> Go get your academic scholarship, right? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? She a straight A student, man. Jeez. But she had a good year, though. 18 points, eight rebounds, four steals. So um, we have seven games left. So hopefully she played enough to where she could get the honor she deserved. But um, but yeah, it's, that was just so funny that she was like, I, I sacrificed my hand for the bills, man. Let's get a win. And then we <laughs> lost. I'm like, oh, geez. you know, but it can always be worse. Well, yes, it, it can always be worse, but that doesn't make it better per se. Yeah. yeah. So, still so, makes me feel bad for little Simone. Little Simone, who's what, 5'11? Yeah, she's 5'11. <laughs> she's 5'11. So, um, Lastly, once again, we touched on it at the beginning, the Stefan Diggs thing. What's your take on that? My take is that Diggs really needs to keep it under control. It's kind of unprofessional when he 
loses his loses his mind on the sideline and in the locker room and stuff. You know, last year against the Chiefs, after that game, apparently he was yelling at the defensive players for giving up points. You know, I, I love the passion. I know he's it's because he wants to win, uh, but there's a right and a wrong way of going about it. And, you know, you, you teach kids, hey, you got to keep it in check. And, you know, I let him be him, but still, I, I think he needs to do a little better. Okay. All right. I see it differently. I love it. Uh, I, I know, once again, I say it all the time. I've been around professional athletes. A lot of them don't care. Um, once again, it's their job. Yeah. I don't know how many people are very passionate about their job. I'm you certainly not. You know, you, but you know what I'm trying to say? I like like podcasting, it's your job. but not my day job. Exactly. Like, you know, well, podcasting is our passion and that's our, you know, hobby too, where your job is, oh, geez, I got to get up and go to work. Like, right. how many times are you passionate? So a lot of people, a lot of these athletes make all this money and make a living and yeah, you want to win, but when I see him do that, because I feel like he realizes he knows what he's doing, and you set that aside, like, all right, I don't care, whatever. And I love it because that's real. I don't like when you get up there and you just okay. So if he would have just let's look at conversely of it, like if he would have just got up there and was like, well, you know, maybe next year, yeah, we gave it all, we had a tough season. All right, thank you, y'all. Like that's not real to me. That's your job. You get up there, you just gonna go through the motions and say tell the reporters what they want to hear. No, I want to see you lose once again. I'm cursing. I'm sorry. I want to see you lose your shit because I guarantee you, all the Bills Mafia was losing their shit watching it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So to see that to show you care, I, I understand it. It's not by professional. I understand it. Talking to your quarterback might not make the situation better, but at least I saw some fight and passion. Like you care. You let me made me feel like you feel how I feel. Because once again, and I keep saying this the last three years on this pod, I've been around professional athletes where they lose a game and they at the club. Hey, listen, they walking out, they shower, walking out, oh, where the chicks at? Oh, let's do this. They're concerned about that. I'm just like, are you kidding me right Mm -hmm. now? You just had a playoff loss. You just did. You just got whooped. Like you, you know what I'm saying? Both football and basketball. Like mm-hmm. they just don't care. They looking at it like it's a check. It's like okay, this is my lifestyle. I'm still gonna get my check on Tuesday, and that's that's disheartening because I used to think at a younger age that I, if I would have made it, I would have been different. Right. And, and I would have how I was how I was because I was an intense person. Right. I have articles written on me in high school and college of how intense I was and I hold people accountable. I felt like that was my leadership style. Now, do I rub people the wrong way? Probably. Hey, I do that now. If you watch me coach if you watch me coach Jalen and them team, I'm fired up, man. I'm fired up because you have to play with emotion. Yeah. Right. And so if you're not playing with emotion, because right now, let me tell you, and I'm, I'm once again, I'm focusing on youth sports because I coach, you know, little league football at this point. But with our society now, now I told somebody this week, my generation, I'm 50 this year now, right? But I always felt like I was a young 40-some-year-old person. I can relate to kids. I like playing man like they like playing man. Uh, I feel like I'm pretty tech savvy, mm-hmm. right? Not like my parents who can't, they don't know the difference between iPhone and Android. They don't, you know, can't get on Spotify. They don't know what streaming is. They still got a box, right? Yeah. 
And so now when it comes to sports, I, I can see the generational gap because when we played, it was a lot different than how these kids are now. These parents, these parents, and I, once again, I know I'm sounding like, oh, get off my lawn, whatever, okay? But these parents want everybody to win. They don't want no one else to get recognized because that's going to make their kid feel bad. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me right now? Are you freaking kidding So we're not going to have a awards banquet because we don't want to make somebody else feel bad because they didn't get nothing. Mm. And I'm like, that's what this generation is. But it's our fault as a society. So it's much different. So I sit up there, and once again, I know I got to shut up because I know it'll be like if Newt say something, he's a wild man. But that's the way this society is. It's just, and I'm not saying right, wrong, and different. I'm just saying it's way different than how we grew up. Because hmm. my thing is, look at it on the other side. If your kid doesn't get an award, then they're going to be fired up. They're going to work harder. So next year, maybe they will get an award. And we had a kid like that. And I coached talk about it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm saying, I'm saying all that to say I'm glad he did it, even though he put himself in a lot of fire. But he said it. He tweeted it out. Y'all want me to be okay with losing? No, I'm not okay with it. And I love that. So you're bring, you're bringing everybody in that organization to to the carpet. You're bringing them to task. Yep. Let, what are we gonna do? If not, then get rid of me because that's what he that's what he did in Minnesota. Everybody thought he was crazy. The dude's not crazy. I know people who know him. He just want to win. Mm-hmm. That and everybody don't feel the same way. So if you're around with and they and, I, and now you you see documentaries and interviews with Kobe Bryant, rest in peace. He was the same way. He wants to win. So, therefore, you're going to rub people the wrong way. And to a much, 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 much lesser extent, I'm the same way when I coach. People looked at me like the big bad guy. Yes, because I want to win. In the last three years, we won a lot more. We, we lost one game. So, you got to bring people to task. You got to question everybody. Just like right now, we lost the championship game. I'll tell you. I told you. We lost the championship game because we got out coached, and I'm part of it. Mm-hmm. We got out coached. Now, a lot of it is because Jalen, you know, broke his leg. But, right. yeah, our best player got hurt. Our quarterback was suspended the week before. Oh, what's so that had something to do with it. Yeah, he got in trouble. He was throwing stuff off the bus. So, he Aww. got suspended for a week. So, then he couldn't come to practice. Stupid kid. <laughs> Doing stupid kid stuff. Right? And then Jalen got hurt. So, that was part of it. So, but, yeah, we got out coached. And I said it. We got, and I had coached everybody. Yeah. I put the onus on my feet. I um, I think it's very telling that that Diggs' teammates have gotten his back. Yeah, that Isaiah McKenzie and, yep. and and Cole Beasley defended him. You know, they didn't say what I said. They didn't say, "Oh yeah, he needs to be more professional about it." They said, "Yeah, you know what?" Beasley said, "If if he was okay with that loss, we wouldn't want him on our team." And McKenzie said. The conversation I had with him was, damn, this happens every year. Why can't we figure it out? Like, this is a guy who's passionate. And I think it's telling that Josh Allen completely ignored him on the sideline. <laughs> I think Josh Allen was like, not ready for this right now. Stop. Right. And and he he did it, he he did it the way he was supposed to do it. He handled it the how he's supposed to handle it. Because if they would have gotten to a shower match, he had to be but he's the quarterback. He's yeah. the one that's going to be making $38 million next year. So mm-hmm. he got to handle it something different. And he did it. He does all the right things. I he tell does. you that. 
he does all the right things and and he's a great leader okay um I think some of it in the game was, hey, I don't want to make mistakes, but with us not making mistakes, we didn't make enough plays. Uh, I think we did a poor job. Once again, we're going back to the game, but we did a poor job protecting them. Uh, we Our running game was nothing at home where we looked like we were playing on ice and they looked like they was playing in a beautiful day in Florida. It's true. When, uh, in the summertime. Um, once true. again, that's preparation. So, um, yeah, but I don't know. I, I like it. So, hopefully – uh, that carries over to the offseason. I hope uh, front office, medical staff, everybody, decision makers, they have that same passion that Stephon Diggs did. And if they do, we'll be okay. If not, then I don't know. And I'm sure they do. I'm I'm sure they do. It's you know, it's more of an issue of can they get it right? And that's the big question. Can they get it right? That's the big question, my friend. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, buddy, it's been a good, good. season. It Overall, good season, talking to you every week has been fantastic. And I do want to let our listeners know that we will be going to an every other week schedule for the off season, but we will definitely be talking to you about all the big happenings as it comes up. The the free agency, the firings, the hirings, the draft, the the mini camps, training camps. We're going to be talking to you about it all. And really the biggest thank you I want to give is to our listeners who have been with us every year, like Joe Groho every year, all year, I should say, like Joe Groho and the Riverfish and Stu McAllister. And who else you got? Law school, my boy out in San Diego, listen to us weekly. Chantella, every week she's like, You said you was going to come to, come to the, <laughs> watch the game. What's, where you at? Shatila giving yep. us a listen. Uh, my friend <laughs> Leslie has been been doing it. Man, if you give if you give us shouts on uh, on the Twitter, you will be mentioned on here because we uh, we love the interaction. We Nicole. really, really do. I'm Nicole. at the Jamie D'Amico. What are you going to say? No, I said Nicole, too. She oh, listens Nicole. to us yeah. weekly. Our friend Nicole. So, shout out to everybody. Thank you, man. We love doing it for the people we know that want to keep it real with us, man. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Absolutely. And I love like you, buddy. Love and I love you, too, just like we love the Bills, man. So, like you said, good season. And uh, off to the all season. Hopefully, we get better. So I, I wish it ended in a different way, but um, it, it, it was definitely – it was definitely an entertaining one. It was a fun ride, man. So we'll see y'all in two weeks in the off season, man. Enjoy football this week. Hey, hey, hey. let's go Buffalo. <laughs> that one lacked passion. I like it. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs>